0: Good morning and welcome to Entrepreneurial Realities, the podcast of the Venture Lab of the Munich Technical University. My name is Antoine Le Boyer and I'm the Managing Director of the Software and AI TUM Venture Lab. We are joined today by Andreas Goldie. Andreas is partner at Swiss-German deep tech venture capital B2V. He started as an entrepreneur himself with experience in the U.S. before returning to Europe and becoming a venture capital. Andreas has published a number of very interesting articles on entrepreneurship in Medium, and recently a particularly interesting one on the current economic situation, which we will include into the show notes. And we've asked him to come to the podcast to discuss the current economic climate and what it means for for startup. Andreas, welcome to Entrepreneurialities.
1: Thank you very much for having me. Great to be here.
0: Thank you. Before we 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 move to the the the, the topic of the situation. Can you say a few words about B2B? Happy
1: to. Yes, we were founded in 2000. So uh, we are one of Europe's most experienced venture capital firms, already survived two downturns. So I think in this particular topic, we know what we're talking about. Uh, We are an early stage investor, mostly seed and early series A in a number of topics. Uh, I personally invest mostly in AI uh, and cloud computing. Uh, I have colleagues who invest in many other topics as well, but we are all specialized in the, the specific investment teams. Uh, one of the unusual things about us is we have an angel network that we work with closely about 250 very accomplished individuals who co invest with us, who work with our portfolio companies, uh, so that we can really be the best partner we can through all the ups and downs of entrepreneurship.
0: Now on the piece that, that you wrote in Medium, you, you, it, it's called the Ten Mistakes Founder Do on a Downturn. You say that mm-hmm. you've done 10 of them and I think I probably have done 11 of them. <laughs> but can, you, can you give the main um, element uh, and, and the main insight of of the, of the, of the piece you wrote?
1: I think there are really three main themes um, in these 10 points. So the first theme is really around founder psychology, right? When you are a young founder and you have been in the industry for a few years, you have basically seen a very unusual environment where everything was just constantly going up and up and up. And now being confronted with a market that has suddenly changed directions is quite hard psychologically. And, and, and again, I've been there personally as well as a founder. So what we often see is that founders initially really struggle to accept this new reality. They uh, postpone decisions, they procrastinate, and very often they get into a situation where it's already too late. So. One of the or several of the points are around that to so accept reality and, and also don't feel entitled to uh, good market conditions. They simply have largely gone away and uh, also don't do the opposite. Don't fall into an imposter syndrome and feel really bad about uh, stuff getting harder, uh, be realistic and face reality. The second topic is really about communication, communication with all your stakeholders, in particular employees, of course. lot of employees now read all these news items that we see in the press about layoffs and so on and of course they are not sure what that means for them so my recommendation is we need to be as transparent and straightforward as you can with your employees again it's all about realism it's not about painting a picture that is much more rosy than it really is. And it's also not about spreading panic. It's really about realism and explaining what the situation really is and what you are going to do going forward. And the same applies also to other stakeholders, in particular customers, of course, your investors and board members being transparent with everybody is essential. And the third theme is really about having a plan. Very often we see that founders act very, I wouldn't say rationally but very suddenly, because they are starting to panic and our recommendations really plan ahead, have clear scenarios in your financial model, think really t- clearly about what where, where you can save costs and what parts of the company you shouldn't save on, because very often, we see that companies then basically kill their growth engine and and just you know start firing salespeople and so on. And that's really dangerous because you want to come out of out of this kind of crisis as a stronger company and uh, thinking well ahead in terms of what that means is really essential for success.
0: Now, um, the, the 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 question that I also wanted to ask, uh, complementary, this is are we in a, down, in a downturn? In other words, the, the simple fact of asking the questions mean that something is happening, mm-hmm. but if you, and, and we know that we are coming out of COVID, of course, that are rising, there's a supply chain issue, there's this terrible war in Ukraine, which has an, an unbelievable toll, uh, not only in Ukraine, but elsewhere. But are we in a downturn? Because quite a number of companies, and particularly some tech ones, are still doing okay so what's your sense on that
1: yes from my point of view we are very clearly in a downturn and in addition to the factors that you already mentioned that are difficult we also have to remember that we have strong inflation already uh, both in europe and the united states which means That central banks now have to increase interest rates. And that's always a problem for especially technology markets. Historically, that has often led to a a very clear downturn. And uh, it's different than 2008 or also at the beginning of the COVID crisis, where central banks were able to flood the market with money and everything went back up again. This time they don't have these options. And uh, that means that we are probably going to be in a more much more difficult situation. In terms of uh, some companies still doing fine, that's absolutely true. And uh, historically, these kinds of downturns have always needed several months up to a year to really play out in all parts of the world, in all uh, aspects of, of the industry. Um, Again, I'm really reminded of the 2000-2001 downturn where we also had a a time lag of of almost a year before the the crisis really hit in Europe after it started in Silicon Valley. And I think we are seeing something very similar here. Tech stocks in America have started their decline in November of 21. So we are half a year in basically. And now we are seeing very clear signals in Europe as well. We have heard first uh, rounds of layoffs and so on. And in venture, we also see clearly declining valuations. It's, have, uh, it's much more difficult now to raise money than just a few months or a few weeks even ago. So I, I would say it's, it's very clear that we are in a downturn. And again, it's all about facing reality saying, oh, this is something that only happens in Silicon Valley and we're not affected." Is not a good idea. We have to be realistic.
0: If we just focus on the startup, would you say that some sectors would be more affected than others? Um, would there be some more uh, geographies which would be more affected as well as, as some other ones?
1: I would say in terms of geographies, it's typically a case of time lag. Again, it typically starts in Silicon Valley and then makes its way through uh, Europe and, and and also the rest of the world. We are in the middle of that already. In terms of sectors, I think the most important thing there is to think about who are the customers of these companies and how reliable and and robust are the business models. So if you're, for instance, a company in enterprise software and uh, you have very large traditional companies as your customers, you have a deep lock-in effect so people can't just kick you out, I think you're still in a very good place. But if you're a direct-to-consumer business, uh, selling directly on your e-commerce site, it's much more difficult because consumers start feeling inflation. uh, They are less confident that they were, and they probably are not going to spend a lot of their money on stuff that they don't really need. So that's a sector, for instance, that is quite strongly affected. And you see a lot of uh, cases in between. So it's all over the map. But again, the the way to think about it is really think about what is the situation that your customers are in and how are they going to behave most likely the coming months, and that really can instruct you about how severe probably the downturn is going to be for your sector.
0: For for a VC firm like like B two B, which focuses on deep tech, how is this modifying? Um, is this is this modifying your your criteria? Uh, is this something that you are looking differently in terms? I don't know of valuation lengths of uh, um, money. You know, number of months, the mm-hmm. the funding that you would do.
1: Yes, I think there's often a misunderstanding when people talk about venture capital, especially early stage venture capital. We often hear that uh, that um idea that you know uh, we invest very early, so we expect to be in a company for 7 to 10 years before an exit happens. So why should we worry about the current market, right? And that's a misunderstanding because we always have to consider where does the next funding round come from from our, for our companies that we invest in and typically you have a time span somewhere between 12 to 24 months uh, before the next round has to be raised so we have to think ahead for investments that we do now uh, in terms of where is the market going to be in a year or two from now and if we assume which we currently do, that this is going to be a downturn that will last quite some time. Of course, this also affects what kind of valuations we are willing to pay at this time. So we have already become more conservative. We also hear this across the VC industry. People are certainly not willing to pay the same valuations that were absolutely fine half a year ago. And um, I think we are also much more cautious about looking at the quality of companies. I mean, not to say that we invested in low-quality companies, not at all, but you know, the, the, there were some cases where you had very hot deals, uh, particularly in the Berlin ecosystem where people were chasing the same company, all kinds of VCs at the same time and drove up valuations. You see a lot less of that. I think it's gone back to investing in companies where we really understand the technology, understand the business model, where we can really be a good partner and really support the companies instead of uh, these kinds of more FOMO deals that you have sometimes seen. So I think the, the criteria get a bit more strict around that. And we also want to invest more in companies where we can see either very, very deep quality of technology so that we really think this is unique and not something that other people will easily copy or and ideally both um, a business model where we think this can get to at least a very robust business quite quickly, right? So these very capital intensive businesses where you have to invest for years and you still don't have competitive modes that are really meaningful i think that's going to be very very hard to finance going forward
0: is there a silver lining in any way
1: absolutely yes i mean uh, the the market has been completely overheated in the last two years, which is always bad because again, you, you, you have a lot of competitors that get funded, there's a war for talent, right? It's very, It's been very hard to hire engineers and marketers and so on at reasonable rates. So I think this is coming down again. Um, so I think for the best companies, it's actually going to be easier relatively speaking because they will have an easier time hiring. They will see, some competitors go out of business. I still remember in, in 2000, 2001, my company back then was uh, at the beginning of the crisis number four in the market. And when we came out of the crisis three years later, we were the clear number one. Why? Because the first three companies had all gone out of business, right? And we're going to see a lot of that, I think. So the very over-financed companies are going to struggle and that's great for the, the strong and, and more frugal companies. I think on the VC side, for us, it's also good to be able to you know, invest at valuations at terms that are a bit more realistic and that are really long-term oriented instead of everybody just chasing uh, the latest uh, hot startups. So I think overall, The market is going to go back to much more rational behavior patterns and in the long run i think that's only positive for everybody involved
0: okay let me ask my usual questions do you have any advice for our listeners
1: yes i mean going back to my points i think being realistic and transparent having a clear plan that's really i think the best i can say um, always look on the bright side, I know that's not always easy, because I think a lot of your listeners, if they are active founders or, and or investors will now start feeling the, the consequences of this downturn, we are having these discussions all the time right now with our founder teams about how do we behave now in this downturn and, and, and what should we do, how do we think about the next funding round and so on. So again, uh, think about your strengths and how you can use them to become a stronger company going out of of this crisis. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean that, that that's basically the best you can do, I think, in this kind of situation. So. Crises always have the effect that you come out stronger at the other end. If you play this well, a lot of the best companies have have been started in downturns. It's very well known. And other companies have really benefited from going through a downturn. They have become stronger and more effective. So I think using this really yeah. as an opportunity, I think that's the best advice I can give.
0: Andre, thank you very much. Thank you. Entrepreneurial Reality is available on major podcast platforms where you can find other inspiring presentations. Do subscribe if you like this podcast and want to hear more. To give us a rating, let your friend know about it, and we look forward to having you for more Entrepreneurial Realities.